Hey, hey, welcome to Why Are We Whispering with me, Jenny Gay, author, stepmom, and all-around truth seeker and teller. If you're tuning in, you too are tired of sugar-coated content and conversations. This is the place where I put a megaphone to the mouths of adults, talking about life experiences that most of us find too shameful, too uncomfortable, too traumatic, and too embarrassing to discuss openly. We dive headfirst into experiences, thoughts, and behaviors that we keep secret or hush-hush, never truly speaking honestly and openly about them, but that most of us have in common. And I'm talking about it because life can be hard, it can be ugly, and it can be painful. And guess what? It's like that for all of us. So let's stop whispering. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Today's episode is actually a really important one. We're talking about the dangers associated with mainstream porn as we know it, meaning porn rooted in misogyny, male gratification, as well as its contribution to the current rape culture that exists. We're also going to delve into the way, the very real dangers actually, of the accessibility to mainstream porn uh, through phones and devices, and how that's negatively impacting our kids and their sexual development. And when I was thinking about this um, episode, there was really only one person I knew could do it justice, and that is Cindy Gallup. She is the founder and CEO of Make Love, Not Porn, All One Word People. Um, And the work she is doing is so crucial and important, and she is quite frankly a badass by every definition. So welcome, Cindy. Thank you so much for coming on. Thrilled to be here. Love the jumper, so we need to address the jumper. Um, for those who are listening, it says make love, not porn. It's a jumper for my friend Rachel McPherson's um, uh, fashion line, Lingua Franca, which you can find online, lingua franca, nyc. Um, but you can also get anything you want, custom embroidered on anything at Etsy. So, And you can also buy Make Love Not Porn merch at makelovenotporn.com. So I love it. choices work for us. We will put all of those links um, into the episode description so people can click on them and get those amazing jumpers and merch. So um, I'd like to start off the um, episode by going back to the moment, Cindy, that you identified that there was a real issue um, in the porn industry and how people specifically were engaging with it. Right, Jenny, let me correct you there. Because Perfect. I did not love being corrected. I, um, I was the very first person ever to publicly identify 14 years ago on the TED stage that when we don't talk openly and honestly about sex, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. Mm-hmm. And yep. so for 14 years, I've said the issue isn't porn. The issue is we do not talk about sex in the real world. And that's what I set out to address. And I think it's worth um, making our listeners aware of the fact that Make Love Not Porn is a complete and total accident, because I never consciously, intentionally set out to do anything I very bizarrely find myself doing now. Um, Make Love Not Porn came about because I date younger men. They tend to be in their 20s. And 15, 16 years ago, I began realizing through dating younger men, that I was encountering an issue that honestly would never have crossed my mind if I had not encountered it very intimately and personally. I realized I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence because most people think it's only one thing. 
I rather I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. Mm-hmm. It's when those two factors converge that porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. Yep. So I found yep. myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral memes in bed. I went, whoa, I know where that behavior is coming from. I thought, gosh, if I'm experiencing this, other people must be as well. I didn't know that, Jenny, because 15, 16 years ago, nobody was talking about this. Nobody was writing about it. This was me in isolation as a naturally action-oriented person going, I'm going to do something about this. So 14 years ago, Pure little side venture, I put up on No Money a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original version was just words. The construct was porn world versus real world. Here's what happens in the porn world. Here's what really happens in the real world. I launched Make Love Not Porn at TED in 2009. I became the only TED speaker to say the words come on my face on the TED stage six times in succession. The talk went viral as a result, and it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. Thousands of people wrote to me from all around the world, including Australia. Um, Everybody wrote, um, young and old, men and female, straight and gay, pouring their hearts out, telling me things about their sex lives and their porn-watching habits they'd never told anyone before. And I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue 14 years ago. And so that was when I went, oh my God, I now have a personal responsibility. I have to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that will make it much more far-reaching, helpful, and effective. Mm -hmm. And so I turned it into a business designed to do good and make money simultaneously, which, by the way, is what I believe all business should be aiming to do, ultimately. And so, uh, um, as I've said emphatically, the issue isn't porn, but that we don't talk about sex in the real world. And so in order to make that happen, I decided very simply to take every dynamic in social media and apply them to this one area of universal human experience that no other social network or platform allows. And so over 10 years ago now, um, I launched makelovenotporn.tv, which is what we are today. We are Mm -hmm. pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. So today, Make Love Not Porn is the world's first and only user-generated and importantly, 100% human-curated social sex video sharing platform. So we're kind of what Facebook would be if it allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which it clearly doesn't. The way to think about us is, if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, make love not porn is the badly needed documentary. We are a unique window onto the funny, messy, loving, wonderful sex we all have in the real world. And what we're doing is we are socializing, normalizing, and destigmatizing sex bringing it out of the shadows into the sunlight to promote consent, communication, good sexual values and behavior. We are literally sex education through real world demonstration. I love that. I love that. Now with that, does that work? Do you think that there's a, 
well, obviously there's a place for both the mainstream porn as it stands today and, and what you and your, your company are doing. But do you think there's obviously a differentiator between the two? One seems to be what you're doing is, is demonstrating what healthy sex looks like and healthy explore, sexual exploration looks like. But do you feel like in mainstream porn that it is rooted in misogyny, rape culture, male sexual gratification? And do you think that there's anything wrong with that? So I'm regularly called up by journalists who want to interview me about porn. You know, and they will go, so Cindy, do you feel that porn objectifies women? And I will respond, I think that any industry dominated by men at the top and throughout inevitably produces output that is objectionable, offensive, and objectifying women. And I will then point them to the commercial advertising breaks in the Super Bowl. Because my industry advertising is as male-dominated as porn, as is Hollywood, yeah. as our movies, as are every streaming company, by the way. Financial services, and all so, of those things. Yeah. And so all we are seeing in porn is what we see everywhere else, which is the male lens. And Correct. so, you know, another question I'm asked all the time, um, you know, to, um, because in the course of 14 years fighting this battle, and I want to come on to the battle because that is why I've never been able to have the impact with Make Love Not Porn I've wanted to globally. But, um, you know, a question I'm also regularly asked is, so, Cindy, why do you think we're all so repressed about sex? And I'm asked that so often, I now have my answer down pat. Three reasons. Reason number one. So, reason number one, centuries of religion, repression, socio-cultural dynamics in every single country in the world. Everything we're talking about is a global problem, and it's only been getting bigger since I identified it 14 years ago. Reason number two, the patriarchy. Because historically, every single institution, including government and religion, has been male-dominated. We as women have never been allowed to bring our lens to bear on human sexuality and the world is a poorer place for it. Mm -hmm. And reason number two, very straightforwardly, is that there are not enough people like me. And what I mean by that is the world makes it bloody difficult to innovate and disrupt social narratives around sex. Many people have tried and given up, and I don't blame them because my life is shitty on a daily basis because of what I do. <laughs> but we need many more people like me who will not give up no matter what. Mm. And to your question, and so, so you know, what I want to do, Jenny, is very importantly separate out the male lens and everything from the issue of what constitutes porn. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I designed to make love not porn around my own beliefs and philosophies. One of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Absolutely. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. But they should. Because in bed, values like empathy sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, trust, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. Yeah. And the reason I bring that point up, Jenny, in answer to your question is because I am my own research lab. 
I'm very open about the fact that I date younger men casually, recreationally. Um, I date a lot of them simultaneously. Um, a lot less now that the pandemic seriously cramped my style. <laughs> but, but, but I could draw on a very wide range of social experimentation. And the important thing is that I am extremely selective about whom I date. Okay, No matter how casual the relationship, I have one fundamental criteria for the younger men I date. They have to be a very nice person. I have fantastic radar for very nice people. I only date utterly lovely younger men in an atmosphere of mutual trust, respect, affection, and liking. But because the younger men I date have absolutely grown up with ubiquitous access to online porn, no matter how lovely they are, um, in bed, I absolutely see them modeling the body language that says my dick is the center of the universe. Right. I'm 63. And so I remember back in the day, when I was a young woman in my 20s and 30s, you know, it was enormously important to the men I slept with that I came, that I came first, that I came at least once, if not several times. If I did not come, the entire sex session was a failure. No one was going anywhere till I came. I remember those <laughs> things very fondly. The way it should be. These days, I don't come. It's not even remarked upon. And remember, I only date utterly lovely younger men. That is the separation between great values in life do not translate into great values in the bedroom, when your only source of education is not your parents, not your school, but the only place you've ever been able to learn about sex as it happens for real, which is porn. That's the issue. Again, yeah. the issue isn't porn. The issue is we don't talk about sex in the real world. So I have fought a battle every single day for the past 14 years to even build and launch Make Love Not Porn and then to keep it alive, let alone grow it. And it's very important our listeners understand this because I, I have a business whose mission ultimately is to end rape culture. We end rape culture by doing something incredibly simple that nevertheless nobody else anywhere on the internet is doing. Make Love Not Porn helps end rape culture by showing you how wonderful great consensual communicative sex is in the real world, our social sex videos role model good sexual values and good sexual behavior, and here's the important part, we make all of that aspirational versus what you see in porn and popular culture. Mm -hmm. And we have 10 years of proof of concept. As a unique business, we have unique capability. We have the power to change people's sexual attitudes and behavior for the better in a way that nothing else can. But I've fought a battle every single year, every single day to keep my business alive because every piece of <clears throat> business infrastructure, other tech startups take for granted. I can't. The small print always says no adult content. Yep. And that's pervasive across every area of the business. I can't get funded. I can't get banked. I can't put payments in place. I'm banned from advertising anywhere. Our social media accounts get shut down all the time, even though everything we put out there is safe work. And this is not just me. This is any female-led sexual health and wellness venture and any sex educator. And mm -hmm. so the parents you're talking about have to understand there are people like me trying to help them all the time. And we are not getting, most importantly, the funding and the support that we need. Do you think because that there's a, um, a, a very specific kind of um, motivation behind that? Do you think it's just computer says no? 
or do you think it's the men at the top, specifically the white men at the top who carry um, the purse strings, for lack of a better term, um, and who are doling out the money or saying, no, this this is going against the status quo that makes me feel comfortable um, in the life that I live. Um, and therefore, we're not going to provide you with any funding to ensure that this gets mainstreamed and widespread. Um, honestly, Jenny, it's not even that well thought through. Um, you know, I have a business that operates in the single area of universal human experience we are all most engaged with, most fascinated by, most fucked up about. On the one hand, dollar signs all over that shit. Investors should be falling over themselves to fund me, especially yeah. because I am the solution to a huge global problem. But the, the other side of that is our biggest obstacle is the social dynamic I call fear of what other people think. Yeah, which operates around sex, unlike any other area. And so I am raising funding right now to scale Make Love Not Porn to secure its financial future, because otherwise my business will fail, my business will die. And to build what parents have been asking me for since day one, 14 years ago, which is the zero to 18 version, Make Love Not Porn dot Academy, the sex education expansion. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's interesting. What, what would that entail? Right. So, um, so what's really appalling, Jenny, is that I have had Make Love Not Porn Academy in the pipeline for many years. I've been mm-hmm. trying and failing to raise funding for it for many years. And this is something, as I said, I'm asked for every single day. This is not even finger in the wind stuff. Investors should be falling over themselves to fund this. So um, uh, basically, makelovenotporn.tv is, as I said, sex education through real-world demonstration. So we're obviously for 18 and over. And by the way, many parents are buying their 18 and over teenage 20-something children subscriptions to Make Love Not Porn. Because they tell us, I want my kids to see what happy, healthy, loving sexual relationships look like. So, um, so we exist as an educational resource for 18 and over. But uh, I think it's important to clarify, like, those parents, um, I'm sure there will be people listening being like, that's really fucked up. Why would you do that for your, to your kids or expose your kids to that? And the flip side to that is your children are, you are providing your children with accessibility to mainstream porn as it currently stands whether you want to admit it or not. So you are already responsible for their exposure to the rape culture and the, the, that negative porn um, experience. So the difference being then you take control of the reins and you join something. Sorry to um, stop you there, but it's very important that everyone listening understands that make love, not porn as our name indicates, is not porn. And yes. it's, indicator, it's indication of how fucked up our society is about sex, that people think anybody having sex with video must be porn. Mm-hmm. Um, porn is produced performative, scripted, manufactured entertainment designed to arouse, um, as I said, the Hollywood movie. Yeah. We are the wonderful, loving ways we all have sex in the real world. We are something utterly unique. And so I just want to explain why there is nothing fucked up at all fucked up at all about parents wanting the 18 over children to to watch our videos because um, as social sex we have so many um, extraordinary social benefits and impacts so first of all um, make love not porn celebrates real world everything real world bodies real world hair real world penis size real world breast size real world vulvas and the reason that's important is because you can 
talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love to your daughters when you see them undergoing appalling insecurity and eating disorders because of what they see on social media generally. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, nothing makes us feel great about our own bodies, like seeing people who are no one's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, desiring mm -hmm. each other, having an amazing time in bed. In yeah. a world where every message popular culture sends all of us every day is, and, th and they're sending this to your daughters and your sons, by the way, you are not hot, you are not sexual attractive, you're not desirable unless you are this skinny, six-pack abs look like this. Our members write to us all the time and tell us, you made me feel better about my own body. One young man wrote to us and said, my girlfriend and I now feel able to be more open and central with each other because you made each of us feel better about our own bodies. Mm. We are the antidote to what TikTok is telling your daughters every day, unless you are skinny and white, by the way, and yep. look at this, nobody will want you. Okay, And at Make Love Not Porn, we show that what makes you hot and desirable is you. And there are a ton of people out there loving each other, having amazing sex, who are not skinny and white and, and look conventionally beautiful, etc. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, at Make Love Not Porn, we celebrate real-world emotion, love, intimacy, feelings. And that's crucial because all around us, again, in popular culture, movies, TV, streaming, we see many creative expressions and narratives of relationships, but we never see the actual sex. On Make Love Not Porn, you see the actual sex, but you also see the relationships. Because mm. in our videos, those two things are indivisible. And when I say sex that, is yeah, supposed I, to be the reflection of the connection between yeah, two people. Yeah. Yeah, when I say that, Jenny, I don't just mean that in our many coupled, partnered, threesome or more videos, you see what healthy, loving relationship dynamics are like within sex. In our many solo videos, because we have a ton of masturbation videos, male, female, trans, non-binary, in those videos, you see what it's like to have a healthy relationship with yourself, with your own body, your own genitals, your own sexuality. And here's something really interesting. So I designed Make Love Not Porn to be fully diverse and inclusive, and we are. Our members and our contributors, who we call out Make Love Not Porn stars, are they range in age from 18 to 80, male, female, trans, non-binary, straight to LGBTQ, all races, ethnicities. We have Australia Make Love Not Porn stars. But in the 10 years we've operated as a business, we've observed that Make Love Not Porn comes as the biggest revelation to men. More Interesting. young and men mm -hmm. write grateful emails, leave appreciative comments than anybody else because... We are something unique that men will find nowhere else on the internet, which is a safe space where men can be and watch other men being open, emotional, and vulnerable around sex. You would not believe the number of men who write to us regularly and say, I just watched my first video on Make Love Not Porn and afterwards I cried. I've been saying for years, I wish society understood the opposite of what it thinks is true. Yeah. Women enjoy sex just as much as men, and men are just as romantic as women. Yet neither gender is allowed to openly celebrate either fact. We'd all be so much better off if they were. I picked up a wonderful exchange on Twitter last year between two men. The first man had tweeted, this is obviously a joke, he tweeted, Hey guys, I've got this really weird fetish. I've got this kink where I want to watch porn where people are honest, loving, loyal, decent, and really like each other. Hit me up the other 
super hot. (laughs) Another man replied, and he said, there's this website called Make Love Not Porn, where you can watch real couples making love. He said, I watched a video where the woman said to her man, I love you while they're making love. He said, sincerely, I cried when I heard that. Make Love Not Porn is one of the solutions, Jenny, to toxic masculinity. Yes. When I said earlier, we make being good in bed the real world sex way aspirational. Men leave comments in our videos, like one man left a comment that said, this makes me want to be a better man in the bedroom and in life. Mm. That is what we have the power to do. And so that is why parents are buying subscriptions for their 18 and over children to make love not porn. Yeah. Now, um, I, um, I, I want to share with our listeners the zero to 18 version I want to build. And I want to build it because, as I mentioned, parents have been asking me for advice for 14 years. And so I do just want to give you, um, because I think our listeners will find it useful, I want to give you the two pieces of advice I've had to give parents all the time over the past 14 years. And once I build my sex education version, I can post them there. Um, So and uh, I'm a big fan of radical simplicity. I like to keep things very simple. The solution to everything we talk about is very simple. So the first piece of advice of parents is, today, you cannot begin talking to your child about sex too early. And when I say that, Jenny, I don't mean literally talk about sex. What I mean is the very first time your child asks where babies come from, plays with their genitals, the most important thing isn't even what you say as much as how you say it. Mm. Never, ever get visibly flustered. Okay, Never, never get embarrassed. Never shut the conversation down, change the topic, leave the room. Instead, answer them calmly straightforwardly honestly because by doing so you immediately open up a channel of communication between the two of you on this topic that will be there for them the rest of their lives so i couldn't agree more but i know there's the generation that are having the kids right now their sexuality is wrapped up in loads of shame loads of embarrassment and I completely agree with you and I'm raising my, my children in a, in a very similar way to what you just said to do we're doing. However, I understand that for most parents out there, they would need training and courses and things like that to help educate them on how to do that. And managing your own emotions is a very difficult thing. So if you're already feeling ashamed and embarrassed by your own sexuality, when you catch your child, um, you know, masturbating or, you know, uh, them asking very natural questions about where babies come from, you will find yourself very, very flustered. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've already thought about this and you're doing it. And, but I think courses on it and, and training on that is absolutely imperative. Um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and this is why I'm building the solution to what you've just yeah. talked about. And um, before I come on to that, I'd like to just move on to my second piece of advice for parents, mm. which is how you talk to your kids about porn. Because today, when you talk to your child about sex really early, you must also at the same time talk to your child about porn. And that is because, you know, as you said earlier, Jenny, um, Bit Defender did a survey of 19,000 parents worldwide that established the average age at which a child first stumbled across porn online, and it is stumble across, I don't think mm-hmm. is six years old. Yes. And that survey was done 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So however bad you think it is, it's worse. Yep. So, um, so what I say to parents is, 
you know, today when you talk to a child about sex, you must also at the same time talk to a child about porn. And this is a lot easier to do than most parents think, because all you have to do is say a version of what I'm about to share with you, and you dial it up or down depending on the age of the child. So what you do is you say, so darling, we just talked about sex. And you know how together we watch movies and videos and cartoons where things happen, <clears throat> where things happen that aren't real. Well, there are also movies and videos about sex, and they're not real either. Oh, and brilliant. That, and because of that, they can be quite confusing. And so we'd rather you didn't watch them till you're older. But if anybody ever shows you anything like that, or you stumble across it, come and talk to us, come and talk to me, we, I can explain it. That's all you have to say. You can end the conversation right there. Because just by saying that, you've done two very important things. The first is that you've set up in their minds when they stumble across porn as they will, it's not real. And the second thing is you've said, come and talk to me about it. You'll right. want them to do that because what they stumble across is likely to be utterly traumatizing. So um, that's that's my second very simple piece of advice to parents. But as I, I think said, that, that that's very helpful. That's very helpful advice. And there's I know um, even my friends right now who will be listening are absolutely writing that down because they've either already had that situation happen or they know they are on the precipice of that happening and they are shitting themselves because they don't want to have the conversation, but know that they have to have the conversation. And more importantly, they have to handle that situation with calmness and grace and openness and all the things that their parents probably didn't have with them around it. So it's a learning curve and what you're doing, the, this work that you're doing is just so incredibly important and, you know, life-changing, I think, for many, the next generation. Thank you. So, so, so I'm absolutely building, I'm building the solution for you and your friends, Jenny. So, um, and as I said, frustratingly, I've had this in the pipeline for years, but never been able to raise funding for it, which I'm trying to do now. So um, I want to build, as I said, the zero to 18 brand expansion of Make Love Not Porn, which is what I characterize as the Khan Academy of Sex Education. Mm. Because Khan Academy, the online tutoring platform, tutors on every other topic under the sun except this one. Educational technology, EdTech, is exploding as a category not in this area. So I want to build Make Love Not Porn dot academy, and by the way, I bought that URL many years ago. If you go to makelovenotporn.academy, you'll see my whole vision laid out there. And you can sign up to be notified w w when it launches. But basically, I want to build Make Love Not Porn Academy on the same principles as makelovenotporn.tv. User-generated, crowdsourced, curated revenue share. Because I'm not about reinventing the wheel. The Academy will be an aggregation play. I want to build the go-to global hub for the best of the world's sex education content. So the way it works is, when I, when I raise the funding I need, we build out the academy platform and we open it up to sex educators from all around the world who are invited to share with us their own content, coursework materials, books, videos, comic strips. And I use the term educate in the broadest possible sense, sexual health and wellness experts, therapists, anybody informing and educating in this entire area. Now, um, very importantly, when all this content is submitted to us, 
Um, human curation lies at the heart of everything we do at Make Love Not Porn. I decided to make Love Not Porn through the female lens to be the safest place on the internet because there is no self-publishing of anything. Just as human eyes watch every single video submitted to Make Love Not Porn from beginning to end, human eyes will vet every piece of sex education content to make sure that we endorse it before we publish it. Then we will publish all of this content segmented by age appropriateness. To, to, so to your point, Jenny, if you're a parent freaking out going, oh my God, my six-year-old just asked this, what do I say? You know, here will be where you can go for entirely age-appropriate tools and content to be able to have that conversation with a six-year-old. If you're a teacher of the class of 14-year-olds, here are your age-appropriate teaching materials. If you're an adult, access all areas because adults are desperate for all of this as much as anybody else. But the important thing, Jenny, is... The academy will be where children and young people can access sex education without parental teacher gatekeeping. Mm. And, here's an, and here's an anecdote that demonstrates why that's so important. So I have a friend who's a mother, and as you have to these days, she monitors her kids' browsing history. And this happened some years ago. Her son was eight years old at the time. And she saw, to her horror, that on the family computer, he had Googled sex for children. So she freaked out, but did the right thing, you know, stayed calm, sat him down. So, darling, you know, I see you've done this. Talk me through it. Why? And this anecdote is adorable and horrifying in equal measure because her son wanted to learn about sex. He was a child. He knew he was a child. He wanted to learn about sex in a child-appropriate way. Mm. Sweetly, innocently, naively, he Googled sex for children you can imagine what came back. He was utterly traumatized. I was just going to say, I don't even so, want to address what yeah, came no, up. Yeah. No, no, exactly. And so the academy will be where an eight-year-old boy can enter his age, and mm. we will only serve him entirely age-appropriate sex education content. And by the way, that is actually what children want. They don't want to see the things they're seeing. A hundred percent. And also, they are doing exactly what your friend's yeah, son did. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah. even the listener saying, not my kid, yes, your child. Um, <laughs> Exactly. So um, now some of this will be free to access per that example, but we'll also charge to download, subscribe, bulk buy for a school, different revenue streams, different use cases. And we will then split that income 50-50 with the creators, the educators. Because I have to tell you, Jenny, right now, nobody goes into sex education to make money. In 14 years, I've built up a network of friends all around the world who are brilliant sex educators they face all the same barriers I do. Their content gets blocked on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. It's wonderful, healthy content. Their accounts get shut down. They're banned from promoting any of that. I want to change that. I mean, they can't even make a living doing this. You know, yes. I want to help them get their work out to do the job they want to do because this is enormously valuable work. But there are, there are three other agenda items for me with Make Up at One Academy. The first is that when I can build an educational component, it reframes Make Love Not Porn, gives us social legitimacy to enable me to grow the business more. Secondly, because I'm banned from advertising anywhere, I designed the academy to be a growth engine for the core business. You know, when you're 18 and over, you can graduate to sex education through real world demonstration. And mm-hmm. obviously parents, teachers, adults can go straight there. But the third, the third um, agenda item is... I've worked for 14 years to prove concept. What I mean by that, Jenny, is the people currently keeping sex education out of schools and off platforms 
don't know what it'd be like if they allowed it in. They just look really bad. In their heads, they have this abstract concept. Sodom and Gomorrah will ensue. (laughs) When I I, I build and launch the academy, and I can show you what, what doesn't exist anywhere, by the way, when I can show you all in one place the best of the world's sex education content, and you can see for yourself at a glance how brilliant, informative, educational, healthy, and non-threatening it is, and you can pick and choose by age, by sensibility, because we will have, you know, um, Christian sex education, Muslim sex education, you know, yeah. whatever, Jewish, you know, whatever your community, you can pick you your can segment it. Absolutely. Sex education. You know, that is when I can finally get sex education into schools and onto other platforms. So what, um, what do you think the issue is? Why this is, to me, it's insane that this would not be picked up even in the UK, like NHS backed, um, you know, council backed. Um, I know loads of programs that have NHS backing that probably shouldn't have NHS back. This to me is a game changer for sexual education um, for children and for parents. So what do you think is the main reason why you can't get the funding? This seems nonsensical to me. Sure. So, so um, he, um, here's the thing, um, Jenny, and, and, and this is and always has been my challenge, finding investors and grant givers. I know that my investors and grant givers are out there, and there are many of them. There are many of them in every country in the world. You know, there are a ton of them in Australia, where I'm speaking at South by, Southwest Sydney next month, so I'm really hoping to find investors down under. Yeah. Um, but they are impossible for me to find by conventional means because mm. they all have one thing in common. Your willingness to fund Make Love Not Porn, your willing to give grants to Make Love Not Porn is entirely a function of your personal sexual journey. Yep. It's yep. a function of your personal lens on sex and sexuality that's been shaped by your own experience of it. And I have no way to research and target for that. Yep. <laughs> Especially because sex is the one area where you cannot tell from the outside what anybody thinks on the inside. Correct. The people who look like they would totally get it don't. The people who look like complete prudes do. So my strategy is deliberately, I put what I'm doing out there all the time across all my social channels. I do every media interview. I've gone every podcast because I have to make synaptic connections happen that will attract those investors to me. This is a long, slow, painful, and highly inefficient process, and it can only be speeded up by warm intros. You know, mm-hmm. the person who knows the person in the NHS that I should talk to, you know, the person who knows the investor who will get it, you know, um, as I've learned in 14 years, it is only ever about the person who gets it. Uh, and and I'll, I'll give you one example. Several years ago, this is way back pre the pandemic, a young woman wrote to me from the UK. She said, I'm a huge fan of yours and make love not porn. I've followed you for years. She was working for a very big UK telecommunications provider. And she said that she had been in a meeting with the rest of her team, she worked on partnerships, where they had been talking about the fact that obviously porn is the number one thing that people want to watch. And they felt that they should be bundling into their service offerings, along with streaming content and so on. They should be bundling in some kind of adult (laughs) offering. Okay, And she said the men in the room went, Pornhub. And she went, have I got a suggestion for you? 
She mm. said, it's less interesting than something you should ever be in. But her point was, there's this channel, that there's this platform called Make Love Not Porn, where it's not only what people want to watch, it's socially responsible. And it's, and it's for young people, and obviously, you know, that, that there was a huge moral panic in Britain at the time about, again, kids and porn, still is, you know. And she said, you know, we could bundle this with our offerings. It'd be doing the responsible thing. And it would also make an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money. Absolutely right. You know? So I was thrilled, you know. So, um, you know, um, t- uh, met with her and her boss, you know, had a conversation about packaging up Make Love Not Porn. with. And, and, and what I loved about that, Jenny, was that, that that would get over our payment processing problems because you pay one price for your, you know, monthly subscription. And we, we would take our revenue stream out of that. Um, and so the next step was for us to talk to the chief marketing officer to, about how we would launch this. And then very unfortunately, that company had a huge reorg. Everyone got shifted around. The young woman who had me got laid off. And I knew they should back in. But, but, but when you have someone who gets it, that's mm. how we could scale in a way that would enormously benefit young people. I mean, I can see, I can see exactly how this should look for you um, globally. Um, and like you said, by even by religious sect and all of these different things. Mm. So do you, let me ask you this question. Do you think if you were a man that you would be struggling to get funding for this? Um, do you know my response to that, Jenny, because I've been asked that a number of times over the years, is that a man would never have had this idea. Agreed. <laughs> but... a, man would, a man would never have come up with make love, not porn. You know, of course. You know, so, um, I mean, I mean, the answer is, um, if I were a man, absolutely, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because, because I know my wife and loads of other women yeah. with amazing businesses, yeah. profitable businesses in the money, in the green, yeah. growing, scaling, um, employing yeah. hundreds of people. And do you think they can get a fucking penny? Yep. No. Um, exactly, Jenny. And the thing is, if I were a man, you know, I could meet with male investors and have the fanor, fanor, giggle, giggle, ho, ho, you know. Um, men are deeply uncomfortable around the female lens on sex. Mm-hmm. And, and yet it's so badly needed, and it would make men so much happier. As I said, you know, They're men... are not getting out of their uh, own way. Men are the number one, um, you know, make love, not porn um, community segment who just write to us all the time and say, I want to thank you for bringing this into the world. You know, mm. I wish I'd had this when I was a young man. I wish I'd had this when I was growing up. You know, to, uh, you know, I, I weep. I'm crying at seeing what I've never been exposed to before, which is love manifested in sex in a way that you know, um, honestly. And, and, and by the way, Jenny, it, it's not simply that. Um, so on, make love, not porn. Anybody will see things they've never seen before, and, and I'll, I'll give you another socially beneficial example. You know, we exist to hold the mirror up to, to everything that's happening in the real world. So we have a number of Make Love Not Porn stars who are sharing how they are managing their sexuality and their sex lives through a whole range of challenges and physical conditions. Mm-hmm. So we have Make Love Not Porn stars who are going through menopause. And so they okay. share with their videos you know, the impact that's having on their sexual and their sex life, how they and their partners are managing their sex lives through it, which is so important for menopausal women and their partners worldwide. Mm. We have made a lot of porn stars who are dealing with, you know, chronic illnesses, you know, various health conditions, um, 
you know, to, um, what we have Make Love Not Porn star who was just in a bad car accident is recovering, you know, to, um, and, and, and getting back into her sex life accordingly. So real people yeah. who are going through yeah. real experiences, yeah. having yeah. real um, sex. Exactly. We have another Make Love Not Porn star who's just had to have a full hysterectomy and is talking mm. about how she's reclaiming her sexual. We have post-cancer survivors. You know, we obviously have people with disabilities. We have Make Love Not Porn stars with autism and ADHD. You know, Make Love Not Porn is the only place on the Internet where you you will see how the world is having real-world sex through a ton of real-world scenarios, conditions, mm -hmm. that, that many millions of people have to manage through. And so our, our videos are inspiration, education, we inspire communications breakthroughs between couples, you know, to, um, we help people expand their sexual horizons, and, um, and, you know, Gen Z loves us. You know, and so a young man left a comment in a video a few months back where he said he was, uh, I mean, uh, and, and by the way, we gather no data deliberately, again, through the female lens, safest place on the internet, but people self-identify. So this young man was in, in his 20s, and he said, he said this video was so, it was a video where um, it was a straight couple, and the man had prematurely ejaculated, much to everybody's surprise. It was, and it was hysterical. <laughs> and, you know, no one was expecting it. Woo! You know, it was, and it was hysterical. And so this young man left a comment saying, you know, I love this video. He said, I've only recently started having sex. And I'm so nervous and insecure. You know, is it okay to laugh at this? What do I do here? What? And he said, uh, he just wrote this massive long comment. He said, this video was so wonderful, so many reasons that have nothing to do with sex. That's what we are. Yeah. I love it. And you know what? I think there's there's going to be men who are probably listening to this podcast right now saying like, that that kind of, you know, site is not going to be what it gets my rocks off. I like my aggressive porn. I like this. I like that. But guess what? I think there's a space for, there's a space for everyone. Um, and I think the, what you're doing is transformative and the more people. And, 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 and sorry to interrupt it, Jenny, but just at that point, um, that's precisely why I use our, we are the documentary versus the Hollywood movie analogy because make love, not porn is not a competitor to porn. We don't compete right. with porn. We are the only real-world counterpoint and complement. Mm. And, and, and so I use the movie documentary analogy because people like Hollywood movies and people also like documentaries. Yes. Sometimes in the mood for a movie, sometimes in the mood for a documentary. I love that. That's, that's, that's such a are, brilliant way of putting yeah, it. That's why we are pro-sex, we are pro-porn, and we are just pro-knowing the difference. I love it. And I love that you're taking the shame out of all of it. Um, and making it an educational piece and relearning how to have the conversation on our day-to-day -day lives about sex, not just with our kids, but with each other, with our partners and all of that. I think it's so, so, so important. Um, so thank you for being your badass self and, and doing this work. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to leave us off on? I think, um, you know, just to say, um, because I have no pride, um, Jenny, you know, I, I am doing something extraordinarily difficult. Um, yeah. That's the same yeah. as the path appeared. I didn't choose this path. It chose me. But it's now my path for life. And so I would just say, everybody listening out there, first of all, please support us by going to makelovenotporn.tv, signing up and subscribing. Subscriptions start at $10 a month. So it's, you know, it's, it's very affordable. Mm -hmm. consider becoming a make love not porn star make Aussie love not porn 
But also, Wait, can I can I clarify? Do they do they keep the proceeds if they're a make love not porn star? Yeah, hundred percent their own proceeds. Sorry, so I designed. Um, um, our revenue sharing business model 14 years ago to democratize access to income. Mm-hmm. And so um, our business model is our members paid a subscribe, rent and stream social sex videos. Half their income goes to our contributors, our Make Love Not Porn stars. Um, and very importantly, I designed Make Love Not Porn to keep our Make Love Not Porn stars completely safe. So as I said, there's no self-publishing of anything. Um, you know, we watch every video from beginning to end before we approve or reject and publish it. We also review every post on every member profile and every comment on every video before we mm. approve or reject and we publish it. We can vouch for every piece of content on our platform. What that also means is, you know, if, if you decide to join us as a Make Love Not Porn star, it's fine to be anonymous. You're free to wear masks, faces in shadow, out of frame, you know, to, um, probably about half our Make Love Not Porn stars choose to stay anonymous. The other half are happy mm-hmm. showing their faces um, because, you know, only our members can rent your videos. Um, but very importantly, our commitment to our Make Love Not Porn stars is the moment anything changes, your relationship, your life, your circumstances, even just your mind, you tell us, we take your videos down, they're gone instantly. And what I mean by that, Jenny, because nobody else on the internet does this, is there is no application form. There's no process. There's no waiting period. All you do is message us, as one Make Love Not Porn star did the other day. Within 15 minutes, all their videos were gone. Okay? Um, nobody else does that. And um, uh, by the way, it's because a crucial piece is the control aspect. Exactly. And because this is the real world, you know, what is quite funny is, so we will get a couple saying to us, hey, guys, you know, we've broken up. You know, can you take all our videos down? We go, damn, they were lovely. 30 videos gone in one fell swoop. Okay, but, you know, obviously we take them down immediately. A few months later, hi, guys, we're back together again. Can you put them back up, please? <laughs> <laughs> and there are some couples where that is a regular occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> it's the real world. <laughs> but that's ultimate control, isn't it? And that's something yeah. that doesn't yeah. exist yet. So that's, yeah. you know, yeah. that is transformative as well. Yeah. And, Brilliant. And, and it's important to say that, you know, our Make Love Not Poor stars tell us that socially sharing their real world sex in a completely safe space is transformative for them and their relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it makes them love themselves more, builds their sexual self-esteem. And the thing is, Jenny, as with any disruptive technology, use cases emerge the founder never dreamed of. So I was blown away when we began hearing, as we do regularly, from survivors of rape, sexual assault, sexual abuse. And by the way, we hear from female male survivors, trans non-binary survivors. They tell us that Make Love Not Porn help them reclaim their bodies. We help them feel able to be sexual again in a situation where porn is often way too triggering. And we hear this not just from people who watch our videos, but we have a number of Make Love Not Porn stars who tell us to be able to share sexually in a completely safe space has helped them to process and heal from sexual trauma. That's incredibly and, powerful. I am, um, you know, I never envisaged that as a capability for my yeah. platform, but I'm so grateful and humbled that it is. Absolutely. Wow. I love everything about what you're doing. Um, and I want to thank you again for coming on um, and sharing your company, your story, all of it, and being so candid. And I'm going to finish off with a question that I ask all of my guests. Um, if there was ever a time keeping in the spirit of um, why are we whispering? Was there ever a time that you um, 
felt like you couldn't speak out or didn't speak out, but you wanted to speak out about anything at all? And what was it? Um, do, um, do you know, um, Jenny, that there is one episode from way back in my advertising career that, that is my immediate answer to this. It, it's not directly related to, to anything um, that we've been talking about. So I hope that's okay. Um, but it's something that um, today's me w- would never you know, be quiet about anymore. So, and I think it's worth sharing with our audience just an example. Mm. So many years ago, I was at an advertising conference here in the U.S., and um, at these conferences, various brands sponsor various sessions. And so the New York Times had sponsored lunch on one of the days of the conference. So this is a very large conference. You know, the creme de la creme of the U.S. ad industry files into a hotel ballroom. And, you know, um, the New York Times has paid for the lunch. And so there's a stage where the editor of the New York Times at, at, at the time, Jill Abramson, was being interviewed by another New York Times reporter. And as often happens at those conferences, everybody was so thrilled to be having lunch with everybody else that everybody just talked and talked and talked and completely drowned out the panel on stage. Mm. And I, what I wanted to do, and I didn't do this, and, and honestly, in all the years, and we're talking something like 20-odd years ago, Jen, in all the years since I've wished I'd, I'd done this, I wanted to stand up, shout at the room till everyone fell quiet, and go... The New York Times has paid for your lunch. At the very least, you would do them the courtesy of listening to this panel. Mm. And the reason I didn't do that was because I was very new into the US at the time. I, I moved over to start up the New York office of BBH, the agency I worked for. I was very new to the industry. Nobody knew me. And Cindy Gallup, 20-odd years ago, um, was intimidated at the idea of doing that. Today, I wouldn't walk for a single moment. And so... All I want to say to our listeners is, when you know that something is the right thing to do, just speak up and do it, whatever that may be. Because, you know, I, I can promise you that I've yelled at conference rooms ever since. <laughs> 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 in, 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 in fact, anybody who's ever been at a conference with me will tell you, or any event will tell you, that when, when the host wants to start speaking, I am the professional shusher. I'm the one going, shh. <laughs> and making everyone else shut up, you know. And so today I would absolutely speak up, but but I've, oh, I've yeah. totally regretted. I should pass you the megaphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've totally regretted for twenty years or twenty odd years that I didn't. I love that. Absolutely, speak up, stand up. Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on, Cindy. Really appreciate it. Keep doing what you're te- doing. Keep fighting the good fight, and we are always going to promote. Um, what you're doing, what you stand for, and make love, not porn. Thank you so much, Jenny. It's been an absolute pleasure. And listeners, anybody who knows an investor or a grant-making organization, hook a sister up, syndicatemakelovenotporn.com. Show her the money. (laughs) 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 Love it. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for listening to the Why Are We Whispering podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening and leave a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Why Whisper Podcast. And don't forget to speak up and out. Let's stop whispering.